and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode Larry Bird. I was going to say Zidane O'Chara. Who? He's a ah. brought Boston Bruin. He's number 33. Yeah, I mean, I've... He's the tallest man in the league. Huh. I, I've honestly nine. exhausted... Like, say, he's the tallest man in the league. 5'11". <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've exhausted most of my sports knowledge with that joke. Today, we are here to discuss... Go socks. <laughs> Today... Yankees suck! Here we go, Bruins. Here we go. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Do they still do that? They do something. The bear face? I don't know if they do that one. They do... Motherfucker. That's the best. The bear. Are there any Parisi Square team names we could start saying? A what? Parisi Square. What the What's fuck that? is that? It's, it's a Don't act like you know what it is. I do know what it is. No, it's from Star Trek. <laughs> it's a Star Trek. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, oh, then you do know what it it's is. It's on topic. Yeah. Sorry. Sort of. Anyway. We're never going to get on topic. What was the said? Uh... Destroy the opposition or something when like when they were doing the baseball game. Oh, I remember. Wait, it's well, he was taken out by a bunch of boxes. Oh yeah. no, sorry, that was what Chekhov said during whatever that shitty episode was that we're going to talk about tonight. So we are here to discuss, aside from our local sports, for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. How poetic! I love it. And the Tholian web. I'm Chris, and joining me today are... Ames, Caitlin, and Jake. I love how we say today like we have a rotating set of people, and we, we don't. I've said this before. It's like, I'm joined by... <laughs> I'm always joined by you yeah, assholes. Yeah. Oh, well. We should, have, we should wear masks. We should, we should have a fifth crewman. That's what we should call ourselves, because we're assholes. God, that would suck. Can we get Leslie? We he is still alive. Oh, we should have Red Shirt of the Week. Ah. We bring in a fr- we bring in a friend to join us on the show, and then at the end of the episode, we kill, kill them. Horribly. Them. Yeah. <laughs> you had a yard. I wasn't. We have a place I wasn't to bury on them. board, but then now I am. Yeah, that sounds perfect. In for the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky. We open with the Enterprise being attacked by old-fashioned, chemically propelled missiles, which sorry, which they very easily. Uh, shoot out of the sky with their phasers. Intrigued, Kirk orders the ship to uh, follow the missiles to their point of origin. Meanwhile, down in sickbay, Dr. McCoy and Nurse Chapel are having a, a bit of a row, a as tiff. they say. In, in Oh, what do you call them here? Bit of a spat, is it? What? Yes. Oh. They were having a domestic. So they're having a, a bit of an argument, and then Kirk arrives, and Chapel is dismissed with McCoy promising to tell everything to Kirk. McCoy soon reveals that uh, he is dying of... Xenopolisthemia. What Ames said. I think. Which basically kind of sounds like AIDS, yeah? No, I'll get to that. I think it's like mesothelioma, because there was asbestos in his childhood home. Ah. So, anyway... If it's anything like the the current one, it means he has too much red blood in his blood. Fair enough. At least he doesn't have too much iron in his blood, blood. am I right? Yeah, too many red blood cells compared to the rest of it. Um, Corpuscles. Yes. One so, year to live. Yes. So he has he has one year to live. And if you have worked out that this attack and bone sickness are going to somehow dovetail, you're good at television. So tracking the trail of the missiles brings the Enterprise to a big fucking asteroid just trundling through space. And they That's quickly no realize... Moon. Yes. That it is, in fact, a spaceship. 
And it's on on course to uh, collide with Planet What the Fuck. Yes, Darren <laughs> Five. Good old Planet Darren what the Five. Fuck. Darren Five. Darren oh, that Five. Nice. Or you know, uh, insert any bewitched name you can think of here. Five. I've always had something against the name Darren. Tabitha Five. Nothing against people named Darren, but like. Well, it's because bewitched turned you against it. Maybe it must be it. Darren Darren Prime for life. Always, he was the better. Darren. Mm. Sorry, Damian guy who's not too. Dick York. Damien's way worse. Wasn't it Dick York and Dick Sargent? Like, wasn't it two guys named Dick both no, playing I think Darren? It was... Anyway, no, but anyhow. Two so dicks, they beam Darren. down to the planet because basically, you know, the, the inside, if I, this is probably a little confused on. So what appeared to be the surface of the planet was actually inside the asteroid shell, right? Like that yeah, was like the idea. It was like a dome inside. Inside the asteroid to, yes. that made it look like they That's were outdoors. That's why when you touch the sky... Yeah, right. That's what I thought, but I wasn't totally oh, clear. Oh, yeah, I wasn't clear on that. The whole either. thing was inside the asteroid. Yeah. It was so, the surface was just made up to look yeah, like yeah, yeah. the planet. So, yeah, they but beamed down... But then they down. landed on the surface and some people came up. No, though. but they weren't on the surface. They were still inside. Yeah, so there's like the Where outer... did they land? Inside the asteroid. Oh. Yeah, there's like a layer of shell that looks like asteroid. And this then, was a confusing element. <laughs> yes, that, and that's, that's why I had to confirm with you a lot. Yeah. So now the old man makes so much more sense. In the title. <laughs> so, yeah, they beam down because all of their scans have shown no life signs. So they're admittedly caught a little off guard when these big fucking tubes open and people in ridiculous pajamas rush out. I want those pajamas. And, uh, you know, apprehend them. Pretty lady, though. Yes, pretty lady who McCoy, doing really well in a fight for once... Get Even screwed. Even though he's dying. Yeah, get screwed because he sees her and just immediately has an erection. Boing, 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 boing. And just stops dead like, holy shit. But meanwhile, she's looking at him like, hello, sailor. And, you know, shit's going to happen. So they're brought she's looking down. at him like Caitlin and I would look at him. Exactly. Yes. So they're brought down to meet the Oracle who immediately, like, zaps them with pain beams. Because apparently you have to, like, know what a dickhead he can be before they'll be your friend. Which know what it is to be my enemy before being our friends. Exactly. So, you know, they're they're brought to and they're sitting, they're being treated to food and drink and Bones. Bones is actually, he takes a while to wake up because since he's ill, the effects of the beam are harder on him. And at this point, Kirk, I forgot to mention, promised not to tell anyone, but has to tell Spock. Because Spock has already worked out that... Something's wrong here. And he had that touching moment where he put his hand on his oh shoulder. Oh my god. I would I would say his heart was breaking, but his heart is somewhere other where the heart should be, so his spleen was breaking. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know. He was wearing his spleen on his sleeve. Yes. <laughs> so he comes to, and then the people come and bring him food and drink, and... No, no, this is where the old man shows yeah, up. Yeah, old man brings them pills. Some drugs. And he's all like, I snuck out and climbed the mountains, which is forbidden, and I touched the sky. Hey, he said the title. But then a little red light goes on in his head and he dies. And then the priestess and her people come in with food and drink for them. And it's like, oh, he did something he shouldn't have. And they have him dragged out. And And they eat him. Yeah, yeah, probably. So then there's some conversation. And eventually Kirk and Spock, you know, want to have a bit of a look about. So they're like, oh, um, we're going to go. Bones can stay and talk to you. And Bones gets his Mac on. uh, And she is totally into him. And... You know, they, they eventually sneak into the Oracle room because luckily Spock can speak Fabrini, which is this long dead language. We'll get to that. Fucking Spock, man. Sounds like a restaurant in the North End, doesn't it? Fabrini's. Yeah. Got the Fabrini's. We got the best. Cannolis. Jolio. I'm Italian. Can't you tell by my voice? Uh... But, uh, 
You know, they sneak into the Oracle room, and the Oracle gets pissed and blasts the fuck out of them. And For a long time, Yeah, too. rightly Ooh. so, rightly so. And the priest is all like, I have to, you know, she's talking to Bones, like, I have to, you know, kill your friends, because that's our law. And Sorry, Bones babe. is like, what if I married you? What if that's my, my our marriage gift? And she's like, yeah, all right then. And and so McCoy's going to stay behind. He is in their earlier conversation, you know, she knows he's dying. He like So he's not like, you know, pulling a, a bait and switch. She knows he's only got so long. But they have a little marriage ceremony, and... Spock and Kirk very reluctantly go back to the ship. But then Bones immediately tries to figure out how to fix things, which causes his red light to go off, but it doesn't kill him for some reason. Luckily, he'd been on the phone with Kirk when his light went off, so Kirk and Spock beam in like, Oh, Jesus! Because he told him about the book. Yes, yes. Chicago Gangsters of the 20s, Fabrini edition. And, um, you know, Spock has a magical medical doodah that pulls the light out of Bones' head so he doesn't die. And then the priestess lady is like, maybe I believe you, and her red light starts to go off. It's all very Logan's run. They pull hers out, and then, short version, they break into the Oracle room, get into the control room, get the ship back on course, everyone's happy, and guess what? The Fabrini or whatever had a big old database which contained the cure for mesothelizinoplastinoctemia. <laughs> Uh, and if Kirk, you or someone you know is affected by mesothemia black talkemia, call the law offices of a, Barry uh, Feinstein and Associates. Well, it's the future. They don't have money. Though. Anyway, <laughs> so the thing ends with Kirk being all like, maybe we can arrange to be at whatever planet they're going to be at in like a year or so. And Bones is like, I'm going to get laid. If you want to if you want to express your gratitude to the Fabrini personally, yes, that's what it was. And then, with your penis, and then like the way that like his face went from like he had like an eyebrow and then a half smile and then just like a big fuck off. I'm gonna get some pussy smile. It's in a year though. It's in over three hundred and ninety days or yeah. something. I'm sure time goes fast in space, especially when it, you're constantly getting murdered by aliens. I feel like that doesn't come up enough because there's a whole the whole like you know when you're traveling over the space, well, yeah, like, blah blah blah. That's yeah. that's too complicated for Star Trek. Also, that's too complicated for fucking me. Pretty oh. sure they've worked out a way to make masturbation really good in the future. So he it'll be sad for him, but he'll get by. Well, you know? we'll, we'll get to that because like we'll find. Are we going to get to that? We're gonna talk about futuristic masturbation. Let's let's finish the synopses first. So that's regular masturbation, Jake. And I've asked you before not to do it while we're recording. In the Tholian web, they ran out of ideas and recycled a bunch of old ones. Weird shit is happening in space that makes the crew angry. Aliens show up and aliens. Oh, okay, let me do this seriously. I guess. No, no, the interdimensional rift is cool. That's so. Yeah, they they're looking for the USS Defiant, not that one. Uh, which has gone missing in space, and they find it, but it's kind of phasing in and out of reality. Uh, and they beam aboard in these wonderfully ridiculous silver spacesuits and find that the crew is. Shut up! I love those space. No, no, I meant it. They are wonderfully beautiful. ridiculous. They look I... like uh, early Doctor Who Cybermen. I'm so Cyber. glad they replaced those shower curtain ones. Oh, oh yeah, wish, I just true. wish that. I know. I wish that it was the same suit, just made out of the shower curtain material. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I love that shower curtain. Material. Fuck you. Fuck that material. Anywho. Maybe you could get a shower curtain made out of it. I should. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they beam onto the Defiant and they find the crew dead. Uh, largely, it looks like, at one another's hands. And while they're trying to figure out what's going on, the ship has 
even greater, you know, sort of dissipation issues. Doc starts putting his hand through walls and furniture and shit. He's like, oh, Jesus, we gotta get out of here. Chekhov kept it together. He did. Which is surprising, considering we know his adrenaline. That's true. And he actually is the first one that shows symptoms of the space madness. Be- yeah, fucking Chekhov, man. Yeah, what's fucking his space madness. There's so little of him, he's infected quickly. <laughs> he's like, he is. He's only five foot six, Chris told me. Yeah, I looked it up oh, the other day. Little Walter Koenig. He's a little yeah. feller. Mm. So they start to beam back to the ship, but of course something... sizest. I'm sorry. Something's going hooey with the ship's circuitry because of the area of space they're in. So there can only be three of the four people at once. So, believe it or not, the red shirt gets out this time. And Kirk is left behind, and the Defiant completely disappears from this universe before he can be beamed aboard. So then they're sitting there, kind of looking for Kirk, but then the Tholians show up, and they're like, Get out of our space! And Spock's like, just give us like an hour 15. And they're like, okay. And he's like, oh, great. So then they sit around for a while, and meanwhile, people start to show... Symptoms of being crazy, like people fish islands crazy. crazy again. Yes, same director. That's why. Ah, really? I wondered about that. Funny, hmm? yeah. Funny, funny, funny. He he was really fucking into fish eye lenses, and they eventually fired him. <laughs> Because of the fish eye I don't. They didn't say that. They said that. I kind of like the effect. I think it's good. When I think it depends. I think it depends on the episode. I yeah. feel like Discretion. when it's when it's showing craziness, I feel like it fits. But I wouldn't. I would never dabble too far into fish islands. Where the hell did? I leave? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. People started the, to go crazy. The, the Thalians, Tholians, Tholians. Tholians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spock and McCoy are at each other's throats already. When Spock's been in charge for all of five minutes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They, they, like, people start to go a bit nuts. Uh, Spock and McCoy are more rankled at one another than usual. And when Kirk is due to reappear, you know, he doesn't. And they think it's got something to do with the Tholians showing up, fucking up space. So the Tholians, you know, rather than calling back and being like, right, your time is up, they just fire on them. Spock is like, well, if we hang around, he might reappear. And meanwhile, everyone's going kind of nuts and. Strapping people to fucking beds. Well, Chekhov yeah. goes first. He gets. Hauled off to sick bay. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Uhura sees Kirk, so they think she's gone crazy. But yeah, they start hasn't. fucking gaslighting her, assholes. What? Don't you have to know you're doing it to gaslight so Because they genuinely just think she's nuts because no one else has seen him yet and people are and going crazy. And yet they believe Scotty when he says it. He's Well, he's confirming it. Well, then they, they plus then they all they see all him together see him. immediately. Oh, That's enough. true. Like, Fine. Scotty comes up and they're like, I don't know. And then there's Kirk and they're all seeing it and they're like, Oh, we owe her an apology. Um, but did she get it? Probably I not. think not. Yeah, and then so now they think Kirk is just proper dead, so they have a little memorial. And Kirk, Kirk, McCoy and Spock have this really bizarre argument where McCoy is like, we have to look at Jim's last orders, and then they're in... Video will. Yeah, and then they're in to look at the video will, and then Bo's like, I gotta go, and Spock's like, no, we have to leave. Like, they each change position. It's like there were two drafts, and... Yeah. They forgot to fix that. It's very Maybe this is where the two directors swapped in and out or something. Oh, they fired a mid-episode. Oh, yeah, I see. Anyway, not a lot happens. Everyone's getting increasingly angry. The Tholians start building the titular Tholian web. And you said the title. Yeah, they, in both episodes, they said the title. Yeah, because Spock says the Tholian web at one point. Long story short, they get Kirk back and everyone's happy and... The episode felt like it took even longer than this intro did. Well, it, 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 it did, intro take, did take a long time. It did. Well, we kept getting it, off track. It's, it's literally twice as long as this intro. That's true, but so. But I mean, is it was a, an interminable I, fucking episode? But the episode was terrible. Yeah, it was. Can we talk about how much we love McCoy? Go for it. We're just gonna sit back and 
You two go nuts. This was a fantastic McCoy episode, and not even just because he's a beautiful man. I think mm. it's because his character got so much fucking meat. Like, to see the conversation... You got some meat, too. <laughs> yeah. No, they had the, the cutest meat cute I've ever seen. Mm. And he was just saying, like, wow, yeah, I do live a lonely life, and I would like to have happiness, you know, before I die in a year. And, you know, I'd like to do something in the time I have left and blah, blah, blah. I'm just, wa- I'm just watching this, like, racing my chin on my hands and like, yay. I was just sad at the end when he's like, I want you to come with me. And she's like, no, I have to help my people. And I was like, my heart, like, broke. Why did he decide not to stay afterwards? Because he would have still stayed. Uh, I think probably because. Uh, he got cured and he said, fuck it. Aww. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I've got my whole life to live. I'll probably Listen, meet someone prettier than you. She was pretty. No, she, well, was, she, she was actually was talking Kirk about Kirk rocked the fuck out of there. Best thing he realized he'd knock her up. Yeah, Kirk, I thought, was like pissed the whole episode. He was so jealous. Because he saw the the lady, the lady's going from McCoy and not me. Something is wrong on this asteroid. <laughs> None of these women are into this. But basically, Fine, I'll just power on with Spock. Basically, must, it, be a, must be a rock full of lesbians. What it comes down to, well, I think also, is, the women can't pick their mates. Only the priestess can pick her mate. Okay, that was the significance of that line. That was that was a little unclear yeah, so to me. Like everybody else is like computer picked or something. I guess probably that would make sense. Computer is a little weird. The the oracle is a little weird. I well, think. let's let's talk about this from a. This is a really really good science fiction episode, just in terms of the story, right? Yeah, they have yeah. a generational ship. A generational. I ship love generational that is, ships. That, and that's so. Old and so past ten thousand years old that like none of the inhabitants of it have any knowledge whatsoever. It's been a ten thousand year game of telephone. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And And apparently they've never read the book. Well, yes. Well, because the oracle, you know, they have the 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 only things that have been passed down are the rules and what you can and can't do or can and can't look at and what pajamas you have to wear. What pajamas. I wanted um, McCoy to wear those pajamas when he got married. But like, so like everything, like it makes a lot of sense how it would get this way, and even like down to the picking the mates and things like that. Yeah. You know, if you're a generation ship, you one of the things that's really important to maintaining that is maintaining genetic diversity, so you don't have like first cousins fucking. Ah. Yeah. So it would make sense that the computer would would out. select mates based on you yeah. know genetic profiles or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I really. Even without taking into account the good story in this episode, just the setup and the premise of the episode is, is really... It's probably really our best episode in a long while. Yeah, either either I'm forgetting all the old good ones that I liked, or this one has rocketed to, up to the top of my list. And it's not only because McCoy's Yeah, he's been right. blinded by... <laughs> no, I feel the same way, actually. This is absolutely in like my top five, if yeah. not even higher. What's interesting is that... Like, this is not one of the classics. This is not one of the episodes that people cite often. No. Yeah, maybe the they next just, one is for some reason. No, they just can't remember the whole title, I think. Yeah. The title is the longest title fucking yeah, ever. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, what a bad choice. I, mean, I like I mean, the title. I like the title, but like, for being, to make an episode memorable. Although, The City on the Edge of Forever is another yeah. long title. That, mm. But I guess that's maybe a more memorable title. Yeah, know. and a yeah. little more concise. A little bit. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was really impressed by this episode. I did not, I had not heard of it really like it's not really up because I, I can remember watching before like i feel like i probably saw it at some point because it wasn't totally unfamiliar but i was very surprised pleasantly uh, pleasantly very pleasantly surprised 
I too like McCoy's plot. Yeah, his whole fuck off at the end though. Well, so that's I was gonna say earlier is um. It's, she it's, sort of, it's better than what Kirk would have done to to Miramani at least. True. Yeah, well, it's a good thing she died. Because <laughs> oh God, he would not have that kid. <laughs> but do the, you think they banged? They probably banged. Oh, he right? was there for like a couple months. They banged. Oh, was it a couple months? No, 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 no. No, Kirk, 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 Kirk. Uh, oh, McCoy I thought, yeah. and well, Miramani sorry. was pregnant. What's her so. name? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. No, that was Natira. definitely immaculate. McCoy and yeah, maybe. Uh, I can't imagine they didn't. I mean, he wasn't there too long. Yeah, but yeah but so the thing is, so what she had if said. If I was able to put somebody in the bones zone, I would be <laughs> I mean, on he that really become one with the people. True. True. So. He fucked everybody? Everybody. He That's why other women can't pick a mate. Yeah. Oh, no. But yeah, the, the thing is, so even before he realizes he's been cured and he's asking her to come with him, you know, like, I'm going to go and try to find a. And that's what it comes to, at the end of the day, is, is despite everything else and despite all the fact that he kind of claims to not actually really sort of love the whole exploration thing and transporters and this and that to varying degrees throughout the years. She even says, like, he won't really want to stay in one place for too long. He is, at heart, an explorer, or at least a a physician who, yeah, who is going to, to explore people. for the sake of his practice. Yeah. And that's why he's like, I gotta go, I gotta try to find a cure. You know, that at the end of the day, his his physicianness overrode everything else. And then conveniently he was cured, which, you know, but still, that, that urge to go. Yeah, it's an episodic show. You've got to kind of start where you ended. Right, right. End where you started, rather. Yeah. And that, well, that's actually, so that was something you mentioned when we were starting the episode, is, um, you know, we of course have the benefit of hindsight, but... You have to wonder if the people who are actually watching this, like, live on television, well, live on television, like, really thought that he was going to die. You mm-hmm. know, because, of course, we know, like, yeah... He's all the way up through... Well, actually, he shows up in Next Gen, doesn't he? Yeah, he lives like another 80 plus years. So, like, we know that. But, like, yeah. back in the 60s or whatever, they wouldn't necessarily... I mean, they definitely wouldn't have known that there'd be future movies, but they didn't necessarily know that he was going to survive. And I kind of also wondered that about, like, when Chekhov dies in um, in the OK Corral episode. And, mm-hmm. like, anytime anyone has died or come perilously close to death, like, it does make you wonder, like... You know, no. yeah. I mean, and even I mean, when we get to like Wrath of Khan, and it's a big, big fucking surprise that Khan, that Spock dies. Yeah. Spoilers, everyone. Yeah. Uh, in Wrath of Khan, and yet he comes back because no one actually really dies except yeah. Leslie once. Well, the other thing, nobody dies in Star Trek. Period. Yeah. Like, well, Dax. No. Nope. Well, actually, there. Yeah, because nope. she's a fucking she becomes, war. She spoilers. But yeah, I mean, but that version of Dax. But back then, especially, too, I was saying, you know, nowadays. You hear that someone's leaving a show, you know, yeah, months before it months before happens. they're going to. So like, then there's some extra tension. Oh, is this the episode where they they kill off this actor or whatever? You know, back then you didn't unless you were reading the trade papers, you didn't necessarily you know. So yeah, on the one hand you're like this is an episodic show; they don't kill anyone. On the other hand, for all I know, DeForest Kelly's not renewing his contract. Yeah, well that's true. I mean that is a point, but like that's the thing about Star Trek though is even when somebody gets written out of the show. Like, the closest we have to an actual death on the show is Tasha Yar, of, mm. of a main character. Yeah. And she comes back. Yeah. And that's it. I don't... Forms. I haven't seen enough sort of non-sitcoms from the 60s to know if they were any more, like, kill-happy back then on TV shows. Well, also, mm. they didn't have that precedent then either. Like, they didn't have several series worth of shows to know. Like, nah, nobody in Star Trek dies. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they well, that, only that's why had what was, they had. And... Yeah, that's why I'm kind of wondering, like, 
by then, yeah, you hadn't any any other Star Trek. We had had by then about a decade and a half of episodic television. Oh sure, and I'm, I'm not sorry. sure. I was, I was addressing. Jokes. No, no, I know, and I'm saying to your yeah. point, like I don't know, and that's what I'm saying is like if it was common to kill off major characters unexpectedly back mm. then, or if no, they just recast. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's, that's true. That's we, were, we, we were we were talking would, about that earlier. They would just recast and no and figure no one would notice. Yeah, yeah. Even, pretend pretend this is the same person with yeah. the same face. But yeah, no, that's interesting. And I also think that had McCoy actually died, I mean, obviously it would have been off screen because in, you know, yeah. the show ended this. This is the last season of the show. It would have been interesting, I guess. Yeah. What would have happened? Motion picture just opens with them hiring a new doctor. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. This episode was good, so we don't have a lot to say. Yeah. Because it was really good. And, like, I just thought a lot of it, you know, a lot of the moments between, what was her, what was Girlface's name? Natira. Natira? That's a nice name. A lot of the moments between Natira and Doc were just really beautiful and really sweet. And it was just so lovely. Like, the idea of her, you know, him being like, we only have a year to live. And she's like, it could be a day. Yeah. A week. You know. Of a just year a, is plenty. I live for love and it's, being happy and all this stuff. It's just so sweet. Both of them that that scene worked because yeah. on paper that's a terrible line as hell yeah, yeah. no um, it was really nicely done that was oh, the thing doc looks like such an awkward kisser yeah he was well i think i said he was being more gentle than we're used to on star trek yeah like he was probably being romantic while kirk is passionate yeah so it's a very different type of kiss it was sweet i loved it yeah it was interesting, though, because you were saying this earlier, that you're kind of caught off guard when you find out bones is apparently profoundly unhappy <laughs> He sucks it up and does his job. I feel like, I feel like, and here's the thing, here's the thing. I was reading, there's a great comic by The Oatmeal about happiness. Mm. And he says, it's a long um, comic about how he's not happy. Because, but, you know, it's not that he's not happy. It's just that, you know, he feels, you know, excited about things or he feels passionate about things. But happiness overall to him is an end game. And if you're happy, it means you're done. If you're happy, it means like there's nothing left for of the of the journey. I'm probably pro- quoting it terribly or doing it not not at all justice. But happiness, I feel like, is not necessarily attainable. Mm. I subscribe more to the Dennis Leary theory of happiness, which is that <laughs> can I punch it? Yeah, no. Um, that happiness is a warm chocolate cookie, a cigarette, an orgasm. Happiness isn't a f- like a constant state of being. Because, like, if you were just always happy, mm-hmm. you wouldn't understand, like, the importance of, like, good and bad It's like, it's events. like, if, if, it's, if it's, it's always, you know, you, you need grief to enjoy your happiness and shit yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, I think that most people are, well, not most people, but lucky people are at least content slash satisfied. And happiness comes with the big moments, like birthday parties and seeing a movie with your girlfriend and this sort of shit. So do we think McCoy is content, if if not necessarily happy? I see, I don't know. That's the thing. Because I, I think that unhappiness can definitely be a, a full-time state. I think happiness is a sometime state, and I think unhappiness is definitely something that can be all the time. So I don't know. I mean, I would say that in general... He seems pretty content. He bitches a little bit about stuff, but I think that's where he gets his happy. I think he likes being a cantankerous. He specifically says that he's lonely, though, and I feel like it's specifically lonely for a lady because, you know, he's got, you know, he's Kirk, already... his buddy Kirk and his his chum Spock, who he gets to be a little antagonistic with. He's already fucked his way through the 200 or so women on the ship. <laughs>
But I also think, though, that it gives a, a fair amount of perspective when you learn that you have a year to yeah, live. That's, so like, oh, that's what I was He might have too. been. He true. might be perfectly happy, you know, relatively speaking, to be on in out in space in the yeah, Enterprise, yeah, working with Starfleet, going around the galaxy. But when you find out you have a year to live, it's like, oh. I'm thinking, well, I've what gone. haven't I done with my life? Yeah. I, you know? Yeah, like I've been spending all this time chasing this dream, doing this work, and what was it for? If yeah. at the end of the day I don't well, have anyone to hold me Yeah, none I'm of sick, it was you know? for me. All of it was for this concept. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that might be why it seems like, because I, you know, because at the end of the episode when he does leave, like nothing changed really between him and his wife. He was evidently still in love or whatever. And he just, oh, I'm going to go now. Bye. Well, well he they, wants her to go with, and she's like, nah. Well, and he's say, like, she's, right. she's effectively, they sort of each understand the other one's position. Yeah. You know, she is the if captain you love of them, this ship. love them, let them go. Yeah, but and he knows. I mean, he's, And fuck them 390 days later at a already decided count, upon designated point. She's counting point. the minutes, yeah. much like all of Kirk's old girlfriends. Turns out the planet they get to, it's like a totally abandoned planet here's except my, for a Denny's. Here's my question about that. No, I had a question. Like Denny's. So completely if, abandoned. They go to the Denny's bathroom. <laughs> I got your grand slam right here. Oh, no. Oh. One of us. One of us. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's no going Sorry. back. Can I actually ask yes, like, yes. bring up the topic of so so Oracle has been Piloting this ship that no one knows is a ship. No. Yeah. Um, does Oracle know that a collision course? Because Oracle has been saying like, you know, oh, we'll we'll get to our planet soon, soon, soon. And then at the, are they going to what's the planet's name? Darren. Darren Five. Darren Five. Denny's Five. Denny's Five. Is that the planet that it's going to? That's unclear. It's probably certainly going to the same system at least. Because I know when they said, oh, we're going to, we'll rendezvous back with them when they reach the planet. Is it because they're, like, the asteroid is going to the planet or just because it's going by the planet? Yeah, I don't know. Are all the Fabrini people going to go jump onto Darren and repopulate there? There's already three billion people there. Well, then then there's plenty of people to choose from. And plenty of room for more people. But yeah, no, I don't think, based on what little we see of it, the Oracle, for all that it does, does not seem to have good self-diagnosis capabilities because it doesn't seem to realize it's developed a fault in one of its engines. Why didn't it shoot asteroids at the Enterprise at the top? Asteroids? Missiles. Missiles. Well, sorry. Why I did it shoot missiles? A, probably like a proximity detection Alert kind of thing. thing yeah, yeah. It's like, oh shit, hmm. there's a ship or something. Because you know, You're right though, that's never... Because yeah. that's, prob- that's probably... You know, maybe probably it thinks not, it's on a collision course with the Enterprise. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. if it detects any object approaching it, it just tries to shoot it down in case it's another asteroid or something, you know. Hmm. I'm starting to think of Oracle as being like autopilot or whatever from Wally. What is that thing called? Oh, um I don't know. I think they just called the autopilot, didn't they? Right, I think so, right? Because it's like, nope, we've got to get this generational ship where we're going. Don't let don't meddle, get the fuck out of here, you know. That's there is you were saying earlier. It's a ten thousand year game of telephone. Except there's been one constant participant who shouldn't have gotten things garbled. Well, he's a computer, and yeah. computers, you know, they need to be defragged. They need to, you yeah, know, that's true. It's not just we that can't get a fucking laptop to last five years. The, How do you expect the ship to do this shit? The creators, right, would have what the engineers. Well, they call them the creators <laughs> in the show. The the, the original. The people that built the ship, the original say. gangsters, the the and, asteroid and ship, ma- yes, yeah. and made the and made the Oracle. You know, they might have because a they seem to have technology about on par with present day human technology. Yeah, 
Like but, they, they have like rockets and well, but they have stowed away all this medical expertise, like the cure to McCoy disease. Okay. Yeah, they have more advanced medicine, it seems. But Spock or Kirk even says, "Oh, not too different from the Enterprise what when they're in the control yeah, room." What I'm saying is they're they're not nearly as sophisticated as Starfleet. Yeah, they're definitely not not as sophisticated because their password was you just press this fucking button. Yeah. <laughs> press yeah. the big you know button that, thing that looks, looks like, like a, a button. button? <laughs> That's exactly yes. yes. Like the, the, like the password to get into where the book was was more complicated to get yeah. the password to get into where all the fucking like equipment was. Maybe they were just helping people to assume it was a speaker grill and not a button. I certainly thought it was a speaker grill for a while. Mm. I um, was waiting for it to be pushed. I was like, that looks like something they need to push at some point. Boop bop. It looked like the Boop, Captain beep, Marvel beep. symbol, I think. Mm. I don't even know about but, uh, that. But, but as I was saying, the the creators, they probably would have only programmed the Oracle. You know, it's I don't think it's a general purpose. It's AI. not Landrew. You're not yeah. going to talk it to death. Exactly. It's not, and it's Although not, Kirk's and it's not something so that wanted. really thinks for itself either. It has a mm. very strict set of directives that it does. Yeah. And I also wonder if the Oracle differs from the ship control system. Like the Oracle mm-hmm. might be the computer that looks after the people, and that's specifically what its purpose is. Yeah. It might be a completely he's separate the, system. That he's the Spock's the brain of this yeah. asteroid. Yeah, he does. Maybe. He does decide to kill old man and torture people every yeah, so well, often he, when they break the rules. Right. So he's like his job is deal with the people. Oh, speaking of old man, I don't know. Chris read my notes already because he's a cheater. Uh, the old man <laughs> gave was them to me. <laughs> uh, was the same actor that played uh, Doctor Haskins in the Cage, who was the guy on the planet who, who like welcomed Pike and folk, and Tomar oh. from Return of the Archons. Mm. He's your generic old man, only he was he was wearing a terrible wig in this one. And a lot of makeup. Yeah, it was weird. Well, his you... makeup was, like, his eyes were weird. Well, we the were saying were it's and... almost like they took his existing sort of wrinkles and bags, but just emphasized them. We want you yeah. to look, instead of, you know, 80 or whatever you are, 80 years old, you, we want you to look 150 years old. Yeah. And then Girlface, on the other hand, had fantastic makeup. Her eyeliner mm. was divine. But I, I was waiting it. for you to comment Oh, on the that. double-pronged cattail thing she had going on. She had, she had the, or what did I just say? Cattail winged eyeliner is what I meant. She had double wings. And then she had accents under her lower lash line to make the lashes look longer and shit. But damn it. <laughs> Her navel was hidden. Yeah, her whole entire back was, like, completely naked. Yeah. It had a molded piece of, like, you know, plastic with some fi- fabric over it so you could see the entire outline of her breast. But <laughs> we had a special, you know... Bit of sarong. To, to cover the navel. Yeah. Thank Jesus. Won't someone think of the children? <laughs> they love they love exposed side ab. Yeah. But you can't show the navel because there's so many hostages. Because the navel is a hole. You could put your dick in it or something. You can't have that. If you can imagine somebody's navel, you can basically imagine everything. I feel like we've had this exact conversation. I don't know if it made it into the final edit, though. We're so boring. Same conversation. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, I'd also like to... One thing that struck me about the episode, too, was how good Kirk and Spock were about Prime Directive-y shit. For once. At least at the start. Yeah. Know? Eventually they're like, well, we have to do something. But, like, they were, I feel like, if if McCoy didn't turn back, they would have had a real problem on their hands with deciding whether or not to 
destroyed. Right, the yeah, because they were talking to Starfleet. They, I mean, they had to hand over the job to Starfleet. What would Starfleet have done? Just destroyed mm. the asteroid? Probably. Yeah. There's not a way that they could have just pushed it back off course. So there's got to be well, asteroid pushers in the future. Well, especially considering a few weeks ago, their mission was specifically to move an asteroid off a course. And the only reason it didn't yeah, but, work is because they fried their power yeah, supply. This is a self-propelled asteroid. That's true. So, so you send two ships. <laughs> just uh, throw Jettison, what's his name, Finny. into the fucking <laughs> into the pod, and just shoot the pod into it. That'll divert yeah. it, of course. It's perfect. It's like a little um, sort of like air hockey, mm. except Finny dies. Finny's always dying. Yeah. Oh, no, you just you just put a carrot on a string and you drag it in front of the asteroid until it follows you. That's <laughs> like a horse. You can lead an asteroid to water, but shit gets fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the people of the asteroid had the, the men had the stupid boot hats again. I believe oh, uh, condom hats. Ugh. Oh god, when we were watching it, I was like, oh Jesus, look at these guys covered wearing these condom hats, and they look like a bunch of dickheads too. <laughs> and um, got a good one. Right, off. But, but the great thing they get some good somebody leaping. Got, somebody got kicked in the face, and their hat went flying. Yeah, I said, like yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I imagine it like shot off of them like a deflating balloon, just. <laughs> like way into the distance. Yeah. And I couldn't tell what food the women were bringing Kirk and McCoy. They were burritos. They looked like, pas- like Easter festive burritos. Because <laughs> they were like pastel colors. Ooh. Yeah, I, was, I missed food cubes for once. Mm. There's there's some kind of future zebra cake. They got some Tranya. They got some Tranya. They tra- the, man, the man tried to give them some pills or some shit, right? Ancient herb derivative. They could tell by smelling it. Mm. Yeah. That M- McCoy's like... Seems like some kind of ancient herb derivative. What the fuck does that even mean? It, it smells like grass. oregano. Yeah, I was, yeah. Gonna, I was just gonna say oregano. Like it. So we, I sort of touched on this in the intro. Thank goodness that even though this culture, as far as I knew, died off ten thousand years ago, there's a thorough enough understanding of the Fabrini culture yep. that Spock can know the language. Yeah. Well, Spock does some silly things this episode, and then you know he does the math in his head in like a second of. Oh, well, that's interesting. This asteroid's on the on the collision course with with planet such and such in a year and a couple of days. But see, it's that like Spock. And he knows you know, the exact population. That I'll buy. If Rain no, Man had I done it, buy. you wouldn't have thought anything of it. Well, the thing is, like, he, like, how do you know where exactly in space you are right now? Because you've been traveling, traveling, traveling. Just to see an asteroid and think, okay, in a year, Darren's going to be there. And that's, in a year, Asteroid's going to be there. That's Because you point. can tell by looking at it how fast Asteroid is going. No, 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 Ames, I'll, t- I'll tell you. damn it. He mind-melded with the asteroid. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can do that now. In this episode only, never again. Thank you, Caitlin. You're, you wel- you're welcome, Ames. Uh, I've got it. I got you covered. I appreciate it. Magical Vulcan powers. Jumping ahead a little, so we won't stay there, but even Doc, in the next episode, is like, you're probably immune to whatever's causing everybody to go nuts. I love that line. It's like, nice. That got a bit meta. Well, actually, I mean, honestly, we probably should move in that move direction. On uh, move on to the shitty one. Are you... See, the thing is about... and I'll just dive right into Tholian. Get it, girl. Break through the Tholian web and jump on <laughs> in. Is I loved the dimensional rift stuff. Like, watching Kirk vanish and, like, be stuck in this rift and see him reappear every so often. <laughs> that's super, super cool. And move his mouth like a fucking fish out of water. Well, I think he... Was he trying to mouth words? trying to say, words? like, Spock, Spock. Yeah. He, at one point, he was definitely trying to say Spock. But I just was like, oh, my God. 
Like that was that was kind of neat. Spock, and, uh, delete my porn. <laughs> yeah, that was actually his final orders. Yeah. Like, the video the two of you need to work together, and also please get rid of the really freaky deaky collection of you shit. You can't I let Chekhov see that shit. No, you don't. His too, innocent mind. Too late. He left the final orders. That's tape why he for... actually went mad. <laughs> He left the final orders tape for Doc and McCoy, and then secretly there was another final orders tape for Leslie, and it was his job to delete the porn. That sounds right. Ooh. Doc and McCoy, huh? Yes. Like two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Speaking, speaking of um, spirits floating in space, apparently the script that was written actually just called for... <laughs> they ejected it. They ejected the script out of a spaceship towards the sun. In With Finney. Oh, Sorry. what's going on? Or Finney. No, apparently the script originally like was, was the original original script wanted like spirits floating in space, Ooh. and uh, Roddenberry had to be like, "Yeah, we're not doing fucking fantasy shit. What is <laughs> this? Fix, is it? No one, it. no one wants fantasy mixed in with their science fiction. Next, you're gonna have laser swords, you fucking weirdos. And yet, fucking Wolf in the Fold had a Jack the Ripper. That's spirit. true. That's true. I don't know. Well, I don't it wasn't know about a spirit. this. It was an alien. Yes, an entity. Like, that's the thing. You can do spirits in Star Trek. He's you just have call to make them, them alien entities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to make some kind of science so, behind them. the Tholian web, right? Yes. What a useless fucking thing that is. Yeah, it the took web three itself? hours for them yeah. to make the it. The only reason it's a threat to the Enterprise is because they broke their engines again. Yeah. The Tholian <laughs> web only works if the ship you're trying to capture... Is, is already per- broken. Yeah, is perfectly static in space. It's like, we'll, we'll, we'll have you in a minute. Don't go. They left. All right, Aww. well, let's imagine a scenario where this could be used. Maybe the Tholians are scrappers. Maybe that. Maybe okay. they, maybe they look for space salvage. and mm. It's a way to just hold it still. Like the it. stupid mask he was wearing. And maybe it turns into, like, a, a trawling net. Maybe they yeah. can drag yeah. the Enterprise back. Uh-huh. Maybe maybe things. if Asteroid from, if uh, Yonata, the, the Asteroid, was heading towards planet, they could make a net and stop yeah. it. Should yeah, befriend those weird spidery bastards. Do you think they could go do it around a planet? I maybe, mean, pl- planets move, it. too, but... Maybe of course, like a couple of years. Planets. Maybe they conquer planets. Well, because mm. if, if they were in orbit... They, in theory, could do it, maybe. Well, this oh, is, maybe. Even what? when the planet was if, moving, if, they if would the, go if with If the net it, was right? going with it, that would, yeah. that would be interesting. Because this is one of only, what, two times we see the Tholians? Mm. We and see the them second again? time we see them, it's the Mirror Universe Tholians and Enterprise. Aww. And it's, is it, it's the sequel to this episode. It is. Oh, is that, the, is that the one where the... What ship was it? The, 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 the Defiant shows up again? Yeah. Have they got yeah, something better that. than the fucking Tholian web this time? No, but it seems to work faster. Do they have, like, the Tholian lasso or something? like? We do see a full Tholian body. They have bodies. Yeah, so it turns out that... But they're not s- just a cockroach head. They're No, Ooh. they're a cockroach head attached to some spindly arms and, like, six legs. They are big insect fuckers. They're, like, oh, really cool. scary, like, early 2000 CG. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they are gross but hysterical. So by the time we watch that in, like, what, 2020, I mean, like it'll look really shit. The gorn oh, the gorn looks pretty awful. Bad. Oh, that's a shame. Wait, do they CG the Gorn? They, they do, do a CG Gorn. Ooh. I think it's actually it's, the same. Oh, we, it's kind we, of a toss-up about like what's worse, the costume Gorn, which is ridiculous, or the CG Gorn. There's something charming about the ridiculous costume. The yeah. ridiculous uh, CG is just bad. Uh, <laughs> 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 this episode just didn't want to end. Yeah, it was boring. And like, I real I had a lot of problems with 
the way McCoy behaved Me too. most of the episode. And I, I, I and live like first, for a Spock-McCoy scene, and these Spock-McCoy scenes Spock well, you know, didn't seem It's the exact same thing that happened the last time Spock was left in charge, where yeah. McCoy just, just fucking second-guessed him and undermined him every fucking decision he made and criticized him and was just generally not supportive at yeah. all. I'll say this, that, that I'll say, like, they, they assume... Kirk is is not savable. Yeah, uh, and McCoy is kind of. I don't think he's necessarily blaming Spock for that, but he's he has to force his animosity somewhere. That Kirk is probably dead. Like for a while during the episode, I was like, "Oh, it's McCoy is affected by the the rage, and that's why he's acting." Like he just always acts like that. But like, no, it just like, it, that was never indicated. It just he was just being really mean to Spock. And sure, I think, you know, he might have had some argument there that Spock probably could have made some better decisions along yeah. the way. But yeah, I just didn't like didn't like the their argument. It didn't it seem just, well it done. It did not well, like their... usually they're they're ribbing and they're back and forth. Yeah, they it's, build off of each other. Yeah. But even this just even when like they're fighting spirited like McCoy is being like you killed the ca- you killed the captain and now you killed all of us. You fucking well, that's, asshole. Like, but how could, is... how could you even blame Kirk on him though? Like it wasn't his fault the transporter wasn't working. And Kirk's the one who went volunteered to go last. Well, as he should have. He's the captain. captain yeah. That's his job. But that's the other thing is like their argument I couldn't follow the thread. There was no thread to their argument. No. And they, ch- just, they changed positions on yeah, what, what they were arguing about one point, several times. Like it, We have to go watch watch the obit. No, we, we no, I don't want to watch his fucking uh, obit anymore. Yeah. Oh, we like, have to do his fucking funeral. Fuck this funeral. It, it's like, they. what it came down to was they knew they had to have them really at each other's throats, so we could all be sort of moved by how prescient Kirk's final orders were about like I know you two are trying to fucking kill each other right now yeah. and it was like they go oh shucks he was right but I would want to I wanted that animosity to build organically it yeah. felt really forced it here out of character for especially for, for Kirk for, uh, for McCoy but yeah. for both of them right? well, yeah. he, even when he's genuinely mad at Spock and he has been before there's a bit more logic frankly to his anger this yeah. was just random when they're watching the the video, Will, and they're just every so often pan to Spock looking stoic, and McCoy, and I'll, I will never say this, I hope I never say this about, about DeForest Kelly again, but he was hurting himself, Walter. <laughs> it's like every, he goes, eye twitch, and then look around, and then fumble, and then... He's having a bad day. It's, it's, it's like he's ready just to just shout at the TV. Because he knew how bad the script was. <laughs> I mean, maybe... Like, there what's was, my motivation maybe here? Was, maybe they were trying to imply in the episode that he was affected by the... the I don't think the, they were the rift Because he was acting very irrationally, but I also just... It was never that clear. No. It was a shame. No. And and I know, like... like I'll blame the directors, and I think they're. I'm pretty sure there were two of them on this on this one because they fired the the guy who also did. Is there in No Truth Beauty, which I really liked. I like that script. Yeah, it was good. Too. But something went wrong with this one. Yeah, very badly. It's a shame. The one thing I kind of found amusing about Kirk's orders was that they assumed he would have been killed rather the way he was in the midst of sort of a dire situation. But it's like, what's to say he wouldn't have just cacked it on an away mission? You know, he had, diff- he had a different set of orders. <laughs> like, 
Like if if I die mysteriously in space, this envelope. Use the yellow. Like, use the yellow card. If they I, have a they have a big like book of scenarios. Yeah. Sort of if it's like finally an STD, on House of the Hill, right? If yeah. I, if I if I if I croak while you know and collapse on some alien broad. Yeah. If one of my ex girlfriends comes back and finally bitch slaps me to death after four <laughs> years, seven months, and some number of days. An odd number. An odd, an odd number, number of days. days. Excuse Not me. Not two. Four or six, or maybe three, five or seven. Though, if I accidentally eat Retinax for some reason and don't have my EpiPen, yes. Um, if, the, if I OD on Cordrazine, if somebody jettisons me in a in a, in a fucking no, if specifically if Finny jettisons me, if somebody drops a bridge on me, <laughs> if an Acme Anvil should fall from the sky, lethal space diarrhea. Oh, he's got two for that. In space, um, nobody can hear you. Oh my! Fabulous. Um, the other thing I was gonna say is episode title. Spock. <laughs> no. Spock really needs to take a lesson from Scotty in giving estimates of time to people. He told the Tholians exactly yeah. how long they were expecting it to be. He could yeah. have been like. You know, and then they shot at them. Yeah, yep. At, at that exact moment, so he could be like, "Yeah, it's going to take four hours hmm. to see what's yeah. going on." Well, especially happened. because apparently, not that we knew this, but you know, when they shoot him, ah, uh, yes, the famed Tholian punctuality. It's like, so you know, they're super punctual, and you didn't give yourself some wiggle room. I wonder if they, if like, do they know the Tholians or is Spock this... seemed to have some idea? I, I wonder if that was just him. Uh, ribbing kind of like oh well they said they'd be here at 10.05 and here it's 10.05 and they're here maybe. the same punctuality maybe it's because he can't lie mm. except by the fucking way oh my by God. the fucking way proof of what we've been saying this whole fucking time that the only source we have for those pointy-eared hobgoblins not being able to lie is them is at the end when he very directly lies. No, Jim, we didn't look at your fine orders. And there's no wiggle room here. It's not lying by omission, which apparently is fine, or some other thing. It lie. is blatant, outright fucking lying. Why do they lie? Why not I just say, know. oh I... yeah, we watched it, things were, and then, you know, we, we because the, our friends again. Because they wanted Kirk to think that, like... They always thought he would come back. Well, no, no, thing. that that they could get on without needing to be told not to behave like petulant children. Yeah, but they they were supposed to watch the will no matter what. Well, they were busy. It's like the they sec- were busy putting their heads together to solve the problem. They didn't have time you know, to you know will because Kirk, they were Kirk's in, you know feelings that they didn't watch it too. Yeah, yeah he, he was really like, sad. Like, he's like, like you, you didn't, didn't, like, oh, you didn't watch. So my, they're just me. I put my so final time life. into that. You think uh, you think they ever tell him? They don't need to. It's the future. He can go in and check properties. Last time it was viewed, two <laughs> hours ago. Son of a bitch. Um, Has to call up the IT guy. It's like the Leslie, end of, it's like the the end of Home Alone. Spock! Yeah. <laughs> you lied about watching my final orders! Despite my objection to the way, the, the, the demeanor by which McCoy interacted with Spock in this episode... I do agree that Spock did a terrible job as, as acting captain. He often does, and we've seen he's this really a bunch of times. He's really not good at it. Well, he always says he doesn't want to be captain, and that's because he sucks at it. Yeah. He doesn't well, he want to another be number one. Like, ev- yeah, eventually, like... Have they, Chapel they get a, do it. Yeah. 
have fucking. I mean, Scotty often seems to be put, you know, in charge when when there's a, when there's a away mission or something. Let yeah. Scotty do it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Once they got rid but of like, LaSalle, they started like, relying on Scotty. Yeah. And like, here's the thing: dire situation. We have very limited time to act, or the ship is going to die. And, we're all crazy, and, these, and we're going to go crazy, and these aliens are going to blow us up. Let's have a memorial service in the in the mess hall. Get the podium. Come on, everybody. Where Spock starts off by giving, like, the world's shittest eulogy. Yeah. Like, that guy that flipped out, it wasn't space madness. He was pissed about what a bad job Spock was doing. (laughs) You know what? Here's the thing. Fucking Picard shows up as a fucking Borg. No fucking memorial service. No fucking, oh my god, the captain's a Borg. It's fucking fire. Fire the lasers at the captain's Borg corpse. Mm. Riker was a good first officer. Mm. Spock may be a good first officer. Yeah, I was saying. But when he's in the chair, he's no good. Well, let's talk about well, Tholian Webb. Yes, please, for some so, reason. Do we have to? Can we just finish? Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about Chekhov. Chekhov goes fucking batshit. <laughs> Oh, the fucking moaning. Crazy. The moaning in the background when he's off camera. Yeah, and we're just looking at Okorup saying, like, is that, is that what's going to happen to me? No, we're sure, we're sure you won't be that crazy. That's, yeah, no, so you, you're a better actor. actor. Even in madness, Uhura, you will have more dignity. <laughs> and also, you pointed this out. When uh, they were, like, holding him back and they had obviously dubbed his screams oh, yeah. over. Because his mouth was open almost like he was going, uh, and it was still them going, Aah! Yeah, there's one quick shot. And it's just like, whose decision was that? It looked so Terrible. bad. And that, to be fair, that's not Walter's fault. That's whoever no, did the sound design. it was so distracting. It was like, ooh. But no, that wasn't, that wasn't Walter's fault. The sound he was making was Walter's fault. And <laughs> boy. It sure was. Man. Uh, they had they to just, bring they just, back Walter into like at the sound booth to AVR. I think that. they just used some <laughs> fighting cats. <laughs> <laughs> so, totally random, but I'm just looking at my notes. One little detail which I actually liked. You know, they're they're obviously just reusing a bunch of Enterprise sets for the Defiant, but they took the time to give the Defiant's engine a different color. Oh, did they? The Enterprise engine, like the it's engine like itself, red. yeah, it's like sort of an orangey red. The Defiance was blue. Oh, I wonder if that was just because it was, like, off, though. No, because it was, like, an active, like, blue glow. Oh, was it? Like, the rest of the room was pretty dark, but the engine was actually kind of... Like, it was definitely a dimmer light than the orange they usually have in their engine. Mm. But it was definitely, like, an active blue light. Mm. Okay. Whenever we visit another starship, the whole crew is dead. Yeah. This is, what, the third or fourth time this has happened? At least the third. Because there, the, there was there the was one where they were turned in, into crystals. Yep. And there was the one that was going to fly into the... Oh, no, they were on a planet that exploded, but that still counts. Yeah, like, the, the there was one person left alive. That, that flew in the doomsday the machine. So, at the very least, the ships are always empty. I'm starting to feel like there's a little murder-she-wrote thing going on here. <laughs> Somebody on board the Enterprise is actually the one perpetrating all these, all these other spaceship deaths. Yeah. Kirk shows up to be all Jessica Fletcher and figure it out. Yeah. It's Jack the Piglet. And they're really, like, they are just running out of Constitution-class starships. I thought that, yeah, there were only 12 like it at the start. And I think now we're down to... Jeez. Because the, the one flew into the Doomsday Machine. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, they blew up one during the um, M5 war games. Yep. The Defiant just went to a different universe. Yep. They maybe got to salvage the one with the crystal people. Maybe. 
That was unclear. Yeah, would you really want to serve on that ship? No, oh. no. But you'll find Doss and be like, "Oh God, that was a person." You know what it is? They 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 salvage it's in my it. Shoes. They salvage it. Claim they scrapped it, but really they just hide it for a year and change mm. the name. Hmm. Yeah. Shift the lumbers around. Yeah. Somebody Good. with the world's biggest file is like scratching off the VN <laughs> numbers or whatever. It's, it's that guy that's waving at the space dock in Star Trek's one and two. Speaking of Constitution-class ships and, like, taking over a ship after the crew has died, I read a very interesting theory. I don't know if you... Have you all seen Star Trek Four yet? I've seen it, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, well, it's Star Trek Four. Well, it's yeah. Star Trek Four. So, as you know, at the opening of Star Trek Four, our intrepid crew does not have a starship. They have a Klingon bird of prey that yep. they've stolen from Christopher Lloyd. Which is interesting because it was Christopher Lloyd's bird of prey, which was a time machine... And Christopher Lloyd also has a DeLorean that's a time machine. So Christopher <laughs> Lloyd has a lot of fucking time machines. Um, so anyway, so they have the, the Bird of Prey time machine. And at the start of the movie, we have the probe, the the alien probe that's coming to talk to whales. Yep. And it just fucks everything up. It yep. gets, anytime it gets near something, it fucks it up. Badly. And in one of the early scenes of the movie, when it's attacking, you know, it's just pa- not attacking, it's passing through, you hear like the final distress call of some ship, mm. right? Um, Saratoga. I don't remember. What it might have, have been. Up. It might have been, or the Yorktown. I don't know. Oh, maybe it was some ship. Some ship gets busted up by the the thing, and then at the end of the movie, the Enterprise crew is presented with a brand new a brand new Constitution class ship. Oh, where did well, I, if I were correct, like, where did this ship? Come from. They dusted all the crystals like, because, out. Because, like, they're not building new back. Constitution class ships. They got Excelsior class now. Constitution class is old. Yesterday's news. So, did they just like recover the ship with all the dead crew on it? Because, like, it's, and it's not like they because it was probably a rechristened ship <coughs> anyway. Because, like I say, they wouldn't yeah. build. It would. They wouldn't have had the time to build a whole new ship. Yep. And they salvaged all the uniforms too. They just shook out the crystals and yeah. said, you got, "We got your new clothes." Okay, so potential, potential long shot stretch idea. Mm. At the start of three, they're being told they're going to decommission the Enterprise because it's twenty years old. Mm-hmm. So they do already know. They're mothballing the first Enterprise. They don't know it's about to be blown up, but still. Mm-hmm. They were planning on getting rid of it anyway. And the Excelsior is still an experiment at this phase. It's true. So maybe they did... Like, I'm sure the guts were newer. It was nicer, readier. To, they could have actually already had the Enterprise A ready. But here's the thing. I don't think there would have been an Enterprise A. I think that... That they only did the Enterprise A. Because, okay, first of all, at the start of Tr- Star Trek Three, the crew had been split up. True. You know, True. Scott, only the like, Scott, core. Yeah, well, Scotty was on the Excelsior. He, True. he didn't even work with yeah. them anymore. You know, Kirk was working at Starfleet or was going to be working. Well, he's still an admiral at that point. Right. McCoy was retired and insane. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, Uhura was a, working in the transport room. Well, that, though, they implied was a position she requested for the sake of the plan. Oh, it? Okay. it is unclear what she was doing up until that point. But, I mean, the point is, it didn't look like they were going to be true. sent back out as a crew together. So I feel like they weren't even going to do an Enterprise A. And then because of the heroicism mm. of, you know, the crew coming together and saving Earth from the whale machine, that they were like, okay, we'll do them a solid. We They, they love each other. Yeah. We'll give them another ship. We got this... And this ghost ship that we recovered. Let's just slap an 
the Enterprise name on it. Give it to them. It'll make them happy. We can send them on some, you know, we'll send them out to the planet of everlasting peace or whatever. Truly the planet. And we'll, send, and, you know, and we'll send them on some shitty diplomatic mission with the Klingons. That'll surely go well. Um, <laughs> oh, God. This has been lengthy discussion about the future corner. Sorry, that's my fault because I brought up the number of but no, Constitution class ships they've thing. lost. That like, is interesting. Like, there's another, it's another instance where... We'll talk about it again they, during four, where I think. they rechristen a ship in a later series and, yeah. and uh, yeah. just give it away. What do you think would happen if Starfleet was like, all right, everyone on the Enterprise, you're fired... We're, we're, giving, we're reassigning you. We're going to change the name of your ship and give it to another crew. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, then there's just the fact that, I mean, I'm sure in the actual military, crews don't stay together for 20 years. No. They definitely don't. Yeah. That's why I feel like after, like... The after mi- the five-year mission, in reality, they probably all would have gone their but separate they, ways. But they kind of... Do. For a bit, yeah. And then, like, they keep... Fate keeps bringing them back. No, yeah. Kirk's inability to move on keeps bringing yes. them back together. And, like, I feel like by the time they get to the A, it's almost like a ceremonial post. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's kind of like the Queen or something. Yeah, like, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's the Enterprise. Like, it was a training ship. In it was, too. yeah. It was, like, it was It was already basically decommissioned. Which actually, amusingly, a bit of real history, the actual USS Constitution spent a good decade or two or more as a training ship. Interesting. So, so Uhura sees uh, Kirk in his awesome spacesuit mm-hmm. in her mirror, and I thought, Uhura is always seeing weird shit in her mirror. Yeah, she is. That's true. Because in, in, what was it, in The Children Shall Lead, she sees her old reflection in it yeah. or something. Uhura, just cover your mirrors. It's too weird. You know what else, too? I was thinking this. Um, she also may have thought she was nuts, because before she sees his reflection, remember, she does, like, double over. Yeah. So, like, she actually is starting to be affected by the spaceship anyway. Oh, I didn't anyway. even think of that. Well, because I, she seems know, so sane. Here's something I noticed, too, is that every time Kirk appears, somebody has, like, a twinge of pain like that. Well, if you assume it's... Be- if they're being affected by the space... <coughs> yeah, if, it is, if it's because in, of the rift. So it, it could be connected. But now, I don't know if the episode was clever enough to have done that on purpose. Well, I think it was. I think it was, like, when they phase in, like, there's, like, that pain. Yeah. Because she has it. Yep. Uh, does Scotty, Scotty have it? Scotty has it. Oh. He like doubles over right before he sees Kirk in engineering. And then I think it was McCoy, McCoy on the bridge. Nearly yeah. fell over right before they all see him. Yeah. Oh, that's what that was. I was wondering yeah. how McCoy was falling over. Yeah. Mm. He looked good. Yeah. <laughs> um, he always looks good. I, I will say, and I, I missed this in The World is Hollow when I have touched this guy. He got to lie on an awesome looking rug for a while. That's true. That looks super, nice super comfy. Rug. So with Uhura though, I still... What was the deal with her getting into that crazy dress and medallion? Well, well was... I was going to make a, I was gonna comment on that because is this the first time we've seen Uhura out of uniform? Yes. Maybe. I mean, in Mirror Universe, we saw her in a different uniform. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't think, like, this is her, like, in her leisure wear. Oh, I, yeah. assumed this... that, I assumed it was, like, a Johnny. Like I a, assumed that everyone uh, that went to sick bay because didn't check. No, 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 that was, but before in, in that. In her quarters. She puts on, like, this big this red blue dress blue and a medallion. Right? How did I not? Even was I asleep during that? You never actually fully fell asleep. You just were bored <laughs> as fuck. Oh, all right. Yeah, it was like this. This I don't very sixties dress. Regardless, yeah. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, this thing. She's then she's almost immediately in sick bay. But um, mm. and they they change her. Like what was they the deal? They changed Chekhov too, which is a little odd because he was probably flailing and crazy. Yeah, like why would you bother? Just 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 tie, tie him down. Tie him down. Yeah. yeah. Examine his nuts. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the thing I wanted to ask about Hora is weird. Because, so the thing is, she's not just changing, she also, like, sort of 
cradles her uniform strangely. Was she like, folding it? No, like, she that's what I thought was going to happen, but she doesn't actually fold it. She just kind of puts it on the bed, and she, she's looking at it weird, and it's like... She's probably afraid that they're going to die. Well, that's what I mean. It seems like, does Uhura think she's about to die, and is, like, resigning herself to it? She's like, I want to die and not my fucking uniform? Like, if so, that's an oddly sort of good, almost powerful moment in an otherwise dreck episode. Mm. Hmm. But it's just, and the problem is you don't have a chance to really think about it because she almost immediately sees Kirk and spirals off into shit town of badness. So what is the appeal with this episode? Why is this episode such a a well-known one? I it's, don't know. It, 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 it uh, was nominated for an Emmy for special effects. Yeah, I mean, it's the special that effects web. are good. It, it was good. The oh, for the 60s, the, the web good. was impressive. We watched the remaster. The web looked really good in the web. It in looked, the remaster. It looked really good in the not Better remaster. Better than you'd expect in the original. Like, movie. I actually remember thinking, like, wow, we must have mistakenly watched this on Netflix. And I'm like, no, I I know he put the disc in. Wow, that looks good. Yeah. Well, like, also, I was impressed. They also did a pretty good effect with the people in the table on the Defiant phasing out. Uh, yeah. Not, I, 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 see, I couldn't tell he was trying to put his hand through. It just looked like he was just putting his hand above no, when his hand, hand was supposed to be going through. No, it def- they definitely... Yeah, I can no, see I it going know. through, too, yeah. It was yeah. good, you're right. The, the spacesuits, I think you said it briefly earlier, what's interesting about those is they... We're oddly reminiscent, I'm sure not on purpose, but oddly reminiscent of early Cybermen. Mm. Not the very first incarnation, but like the second Doctor's version. Well, of course it wouldn't have been intentional. Doctor Who didn't start till 69. Doctor Who started in 63. 63? Yeah. They already had their 50th. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Why That's did I think 69? I don't know. Because 69 is when Star Trek ends? Because 69. 69 is when Trek ends. Because 69 is the funniest number. It's when Trek ends and it's when Troughton's run as the Doctor finishes. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry, just kidding. Of course 63. Yep. Oh, well. Big deal. But I don't know how long it took them to start showing it over here. It may not have made it over here yet. Nixon takes office. Mm. That was 68. He was elected in 68. Good point. Hmm. Let's escape from this Tholian web, however Kirk and crew did so. Yeah, that was a little vague. I think they But I don't want to the, talk about this I episode I feel like anymore. they entered the rift and took Kirk Popped with them. Out. Yeah, I don't know. The only good thing about this episode is the fact that the, the, the episodes that follow up this in Enterprise are actually really quite fun, if ridiculous. Hmm. And we get to see Archer in a fat day shirt. Well then, this has been one of the best episodes we've seen in a while, followed by a wicked clunker. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been episode 33 of A Star to Steer Her By. That's right, I didn't say a proper number earlier. I apologize. Uh, do please find and like our Facebook page, A Star to Steer Her By. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting application. Uh, recommend us to your friends, enemies, co-workers, bus drivers, fellow bus passengers, subway people, people on the plane. Things like that. Snakes on a plane. Sure, them too, <laughs> if they have a tiny little snaky iPod. That would be adorable. Anyway, Aww. coming up next week, we have Plato's Stepchildren. Is oh, that good. One, is that one bad? If it's the one I think it is. And wink of an eye. Jake just winked, everyone. Sexy. That was what the noise meant. I think that was made clear by the Foley effect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you also could have been him doing his Tin Man impression. Yes. Forest artist here, her by this says... window washing. Sorry. Druided.
That's not like meowing a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please you... take us out, Chris. For a start, is here by. This has been Chris. This has been Aim. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Riker was a good first officer. Mm. Spock may be a good first officer. Yeah, I'm saying. but when he, when he's in the chair, he's no good. What is the shit that you just said? Does Picard die at some point? Spoilers. Oh shit! I should have spoiled that. No, no, it's a hypothetical. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if Picard was killed, then Riker would have. Does it at least happen in one of the movies? Like, is it the last movie where they kill him or some no. shit? Jake, what the fuck, Jake? What have you done? It's going to be three years until I She's see just going to make me tell her, you know. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. No. I don't want to I don't want to tell you the whole story because I don't want to spoil it because it's really it's a good thing to this see is, for yourself. It's the cuz if it's the Borgie episode, it's the one that's voted one of the best episodes. It's one, it is, of yeah, it's generally oh, considered Star Trek, right? You gave away these important details about one of the best episodes of Star Trek I ever. Did. But I didn't <laughs> tell you the full thing, so Thanks, I, Jake. I, I Listen, the fucking thing was on TV 25 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been we've been ripping out spoilers all fucking. The good thing show. is, by your own admission, you're 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 you don't have the best memory for television stuff anyway. Yes. By the time we get to that, you'll have forgotten this conversation. That's actually probably 100 percent true. I could probably <laughs> just tell you the whole thing right now and. Well, Let's talk about Foley and Webb. Yes, please. For some so, reason, do we have to? 